0: Hi, I'm Rebecca, and this is my podcast, The Second Half. Thank you to all of you that have been listening to the podcast and to anyone else that just joined us today. This podcast is about the challenges and joys we experience, especially in the second half of our lives. I hope that the stories that my guests and I share will make you feel less alone as you face your own challenges and will make us all feel more connected as a community. Today on the show, I'm talking to Dr. Cecily Havert about heart disease and what it means for women's lives and their health. Dr. Havert is a family doctor with a special interest in women's health. She's been practicing for over 15 years and also teaches medical students at Georgetown University. She's got a number of awards, including the Washingtonian Magazine's Top Doctor Award, numerous years, including the last three years. Here we go. Cecily, thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me back. I thought today we could talk about heart disease. I know it's not something a lot of us think about that much, but it's an important issue, especially for women, I understand. It is, and it's
1: probably something we should think about a little bit more. Right. Yeah.
0: What is exactly heart disease?
1: Well, uh, If we want to go back to the basics, uh, you can think of the heart as a muscle. I think we all understand that that's what the heart is. It uh, circulates the necessary nutrients, uh, oxygen through our body, uh, gets blood into our brain, gets blood into our, uh, our vital organs. So you could think of it as sort of the central... The operator, the, the operator, exactly of our body. It's 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 a machine, um, and what heart disease is is when that heart, when that muscle starts not to work. As well, and one way I like to think about the heart is um, you can think about it as having a plumbing system, mm-hmm. and you can think about it as having an electrical system. So we can talk about the plumbers and the electricians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plumbing system of the heart, we'll talk about that first. But the plumbing system of the heart is probably the one we think about the most. Uh, coronary arteries—that those are the blood vessels. You can think of those as the pipes mm-hmm. that supply the heart with blood and with nutrients. And what happens in heart disease, at least in the plumbing side of it, is mm-hmm. that sometimes those pipes can get blocked. And when those pipes get blocked and the blood doesn't flow as well, you can imagine that the heart as a muscle is not going to get the nutrients that it needs. Okay, And it's, it's going to get unhealthy and potentially parts of that muscle can die. Right.
0: You know, I always think about... When I hear heart disease, I think heart attacks. Yes. And I was thinking about this. I've seen so many movies and TV shows where men have heart attacks. Yes. But I don't really see that many movies or TV shows where women have heart attacks. I I think it's, it's not something we
1: necessarily see. Uh, a lot in uh, in our society, in our culture. It's not something that's, you know, maybe shown on TV. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge misconception, maybe a myth, mm-hmm. is that women don't get heart disease or mm-hmm. that women don't get heart attacks, mm-hmm. but that these are not problems of women. But in fact, heart disease is the number one
0: killer of women. Which is shocking to me.
1: It is it is shocking. We We always think about breast cancer, as being, uh, you know, it, it's a very serious and, and heartbreaking disease that a lot of women get. But if you think about it, one in eight women in their entire life will mm-hmm. get breast cancer. And that, that, that's a lot, that's but only lot. one in 31 women will actually die from the disease. Okay. With heart disease, one in three women will die. From wow. This. Yes. That's, that's such a shocking statistic. It is. It is, and it's something we don't always think about. We right. we 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 like you were saying. We think about heart disease as being a disease of men, but how in, do in, women die from it? They die uh, in similar ways as as men die from it. They can die from heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get a heart attack, that that's what we you know see on TV right. or you know we hear about with our with our loved ones. That is when the plumbing system of the heart gets acutely stopped up, mm-hmm. right? And it's sort of the you know there there's a clot that becomes unstable mm-hmm. in one of the blood vessels of the heart. It gets blocked, and the heart part Just of the heart can't. muscle starts to die, right? And you have pain. That's that's a medical emergency, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation, you you, know, you get to the hospital and you try to open up that plumbing system. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. If, if right. you don't open up the plumbing system right away, mm-hmm. what can happen, and I'm going to talk, this is a little bit more about the electrical right. system of the heart. What can happen is that there are important electrical circuits in our heart that keep our heart beating. And if a part of the heart muscle dies that supplies blood to this circuit, the, the regular beating of the heart can stop. Mm. And a lot of times when you hear about people dying from sudden death, you know, clutching, you know, clutching your chest and just dropping dead, a lot of this is because of an electrical problem. Interesting. And it's, the heart muscle is dying, but in a very critical place, and it makes the heart muscle stop beating. The electrical wow. system stops.
0: Right. So besides the heart attack part, what are the other ways women are dying from heart disease so you don't you you hear about people having heart attacks and not everybody
1: dies from heart attacks right, right? you can go and you can get treated for it you can get a stent mm-hmm. you can now actually treat it medically with um, blood thinners there's mm-hmm. lots of approaches that we can use but if you think about it um, another form of heart disease or another way that women and actually men anybody can die from heart disease is uh i don't know if you've heard of congestive heart failure Mm. so basically what this is is that after repeated bouts of muscle dying Mm. or getting weak the heart muscle itself doesn't beat so well and it gets weak so it doesn't pump blood as well and just the congestion that that results in over time fluid builds up in the system it especially builds up in the lungs and you just aren't able to clear that fluid from the lungs right so people can die from congestive heart failure Mm -hmm. um there are electrical problems also that forms of heart disease that that people can that people can die from again just with the dying muscle and the and the electrical system not working
0: so what are some of the causes of heart disease especially for women
1: the, the causes for heart disease um, are very similar, actually, in women and men. But for women, there, there can be a few unique aspects okay. to that. Um, for everybody, we think about uh, uh, risk factors. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see a patient in the, in the exam room, especially when you're doing a physical or talking about prevention, I say, mm-hmm. okay, well, what are your risk factors for heart disease? Because it's really, really important to know what these risks are. Because with car- with cardiac disease being such a you know a killer, right? Uh, so hypertension or high blood pressure, mm. that's a that's a big risk factor. Okay. Uh, smoking, yeah. that's uh, that that's a huge huge risk factor. Right. Uh, high cholesterol, mm-hmm. and uh, obesity, mm-hmm. uh, diabetes is right. is uh, is a big one. Mm. So, and, um, and in women, it's interesting, there are some other unique uh, risk factors that men don't have. Mm-hmm. For women, uh, preeclampsia, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of preeclampsia, yeah. but this is something that women can get when they're pregnant, right. okay? And it's a high blood pressure issue that happens usually in the later parts of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But it seems that women who have preeclampsia are actually at higher risk, to develop heart disease later on in life. Right. So that's something
0: that's that's unique. Um, the one of the things that you mentioned, um, in terms of a risk factor, which is obesity. We think obesity and we have certain images in our mind, but from the calculations I've done online on BMI, it's not really you don't have to be that much overweight to be considered medically obese.
1: No, no. I, I think that actually the BMI, I th- at least at least feel for myself that getting away from that calculation mm-hmm. is probably a little bit more accurate. I think that bodies come in all shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. and uh, but yes, I mean there is an obesity epidemic right. happening in our yeah. society, and I think the what we see as secondary complications of that mm-hmm. are diabetes, right, high blood pressure, and secondarily.
0: That all leads to, or can lead to, heart disease. So, it's, is, is it a combination of the things? So you have to take all those factors into in play and try to figure out kind of how that addresses the health factors.
1: It does. It you you're. When we look at somebody's risk for heart disease, that's what it is. It's a risk. I wish we could look in a crystal ball and say, right. you are going to have heart disease and right. this this is what's Start going to happen yourself. for you. Yeah. But by assessing the risks and the more risk factors you have, right. we would that's consider true. you to be higher risk. Right. Another risk factor I didn't mention was um, uh, is family history. Mm-hmm. So, uh, family history is a significant risk factor. It can be, mm-hmm. um, especially if uh, families have uh, members who have had heart attack uh, or signs of heart disease very young, in their 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. and, and 50s. Right.
0: Just like um, kind of a lot of medical conditions that you go in. And yeah, um, yeah. The weight thing is something that I've struggled with a lot in my life. So, it's something that I really want to pay attention to as um, I approach menopause because um, like we talked about in our menopause episode, yeah. yes, um, you had mentioned that once you go through menopause uh, – your risks of getting heart disease increase.
1: It does. That is another that's another thing that that it puts women at slightly increased risk is is going through menopause. Our our risks of heart disease actually before menopause are a little bit lower than men. However, mm. after menopause, our risk factors or our risk for heart disease equals out a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, and if you think about it also, women tend to live a little bit longer than men. Right. So, we're in a period, you know, we're we're longer in a period where right. we're, we're potentially at higher risk for heart disease. And so does that
0: have to do with the estrogen going down after menopause?
1: So a lot of it is uh, that our estrogen levels do go down. Oh. And uh, that, when we're younger, tends to protect us from heart mm-hmm. disease, we feel. There's other factors, too. But it's interesting, too, because you can look at uh, of cholesterol of a woman before menopause Hmm. and then say they go through menopause five, 10 years later, check their cholesterol and their levels will be much higher. So estrogen tends to be protective,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, especially for the
0: bad types of cholesterol. Yeah. Menopause doesn't sound great. I'm just going to tell you right
1: now. (laughs) There's a, there's a lot of it. You know, I feel like we've been talking a lot of, you know, a lot of doom and gloom yeah. associated with heart disease and yeah, you know, it's it's a scary it's it's a scary I mean, disease,
0: ju- but Right. just the numbers that you mentioned really opened my eyes to um kind of looking into this more for myself. I think until now it's just, you know, the physicals happen and you know, as long as you don't have a lot of big risk factors of of a, you know, a, of the big ticket items in, in terms of health. But as as I'm approaching menopause and a lot of women go through menopause, I don't know if we're having that conversation if one in three women are dying from heart disease. That's a tragic amount of women. It is. It is. That are dying that, and can we prevent heart disease? And how many of those factors can we work on that, that and are not- you know. Yeah, and that's what the the, the big take home point that I'd like
1: to have from this talk is that there's a lot that we can do in order to, pre- to prevent it. Uh, not there are some factors that we can't control: genetics, mm-hmm. um, age. That's another thing. Right. I wish we could control age right. and turn the turn the clock back, but that's not something we can control. But there are some things that we can control. Uh, we can control. Uh, in some ways, uh, our weight challenging, yeah. not always the easiest thing. However, exercise and choosing the right types of foods and lifestyle. Uh, another uh, risk factor that I, I'd like to mention here, and I think this is a good time to put it in, is stress, Right. Um, anxiety, depression. Uh, this especially seems to impact women a little bit more than men mm. that we've seen, that the impacts of uh, that mental health tend to increase women's risk, f- risk for heart disease a little bit higher than men. So this is also something that that we can work on.
0: So is it a good idea to um, not just address mental health, but really use the tools out there? A lot of people are afraid of um, not just reaching out for therapy, uh, but also asking about medications because there's there's still a real taboo about taking medications for mental health. If one of the risk factors for heart disease is stress and depression, and one in three women are dying from heart disease, and all those factors that we can control, one of them really should be, hey, it's more important for you to live. So ask for help, go get the treatments you need whether it's medication or therapy or, you know, any any tool that you're using to decrease stress um, without feeling ashamed or embarrassed. Absolutely. I think that having also a good
1: relationship with your primary care doctor right. is is really important because a lot of times we, if one of the risk factors is high blood pressure or high cholesterol, there's a lot of women and, and men, everybody that that are walking around, and they don't realize that they that they have these issues, right? And that's why it's important to schedule a regular visit. You know, when we're when we're younger and we don't have symptoms, and I can't tell you how many people you know have said, well. I never get sick, I'm healthy, so I don't need to see a doctor. Right. And in fact, you know, that that's great that you feel well at this moment. However, there can be a lot of issues uh, lurking in the shadows that are highly preventable and that we can, if we can get in early and turn right. them around, it can be really helpful. That's and I think point. also, you know, and then being able to talk openly with you know, your doctor or your therapist about mental health issues is really, really important also. That's a big, big key factor.
0: You mentioned exercise. That's another thing that I really do need to address in my own life as I get older. um, I know it's important, but kind of how important is it? Yeah,
1: no, it's it's important. Um, Mm -hmm. Exercise, our goal is to get about 150 minutes of exercise a week okay and so that equates to about 30 minutes a day five days a week on Mm -hmm. average Mm -hmm. you know and and a lot of people say well well, I don't have time for that. Or, you know, how right. am I supposed to work that in? Um, you can even break it up into smaller chunks. You can do ten minutes at a time. You can, you know, decide you're going to park a little bit further away from your destination. You're going to uh, go use the stairs, or on your lunch break, uh, go into the stairwell of your office and, and do a couple of flights. The thing that's important. A lot of when I ask uh, my patients about, well, tell me about your exercise. They say, well, I walk. And and walking's great. I think walking is fantastic. However, we really want to focus on the exercise as actually getting our heart rate up a little bit. So when you walk, walk with a little bit higher pace. Uh, A lot of people have Fitbits or, you know, some watches that, that can record their heart rate. I actually like that. I think that's very encouraging because you can actually see, you know, your heart rate going up and knowing that you're getting the right the right type of exercise. Yeah,
0: I'm exactly the patient. I walk, but my, I don't really increase my heart rate. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'd really like to address. So, so you, that, that yep. is really important.
1: It is, it is important. It is important. It is, you know, getting getting your heart rate up. Uh, you know, getting your steps in is important, but um, also getting your heart rate up a little bit uh, can help uh, make your muscle stronger. If you think about it, any muscle that you're trying to exercise that's and true. it gets stronger, right. you have to use it yeah and so, if you can think about it, when you get your heart rate up, you're actually exercising your heart so that's that's right. really important
0: um going back to the weight is is weight just uh, one of the factors or it's related to statistically to the other factors, for example, if you don't have a high blood pressure or high cholesterol, but you are overweight, is that still one of the factors that you should be concerned about?
1: I think it's more secondarily the effects of being overweight mm-hmm. on our cholesterol, mm-hmm. on our high, on our blood pressure that can elevate blood pressure, and also also the risks for diabetes. Also, some people who are overweight for whatever reason they they can't exercise right. either they're in too much pain if yeah. there's arthritis, so
0: it's related to that. So
1: too. I, I think it's all related. But yeah, what we're doing sense. is we're looking at
0: aspects that that.
1: that tend to uh, increase our risk.
0: You know, I was thinking about what you said earlier about being open with your doctor. A couple of factors. I'm sure that the medical community has has looked at this many times because that is, uh, like I said before, that's a shocking amount of women that are dying from heart disease. So one of the things that's hard um, is the way we interact with our doctors. Right now we go to specialists um and the healthcare system is difficult for a lot of people and it's expensive. Some people don't have healthcare. Um, and then when we go to our primary, a lot of times it's so quick, there isn't a whole holistic look at what's going on. It, in the past, we had more time with our doctor. The our, we grew up with our doctor, and now it's like. One doctor to the next, it it's, is it's a very fragmented system,
1: yeah, I feel like right now um, you know we we have the the primary care doctor we can see for ten or fifteen minutes, you know in and out. um we have urgent care, so that that's where right. we go for our uh, for our acute care, and then we have our specialists, and you know some people um you know can just choose to go to a specialist without necessarily going through their primary care. A lot of it depends on insurance. But the, you bring up a good point. There are people who don't have insurance and really only see a doctor and probably an emergency room doctor for something catastrophic. Right. And that's
0: there's so much that can be preventable. It sounds like most of it can be preventable. Is that right? I mean, besides hereditary, a lot of these things we can really address. Absolutely. It, there's Also,
1: what's important to think about and remember is that knowledge is power. Right. I think that the more we know about ourselves, the more we know about our risk factors, the more we know about our health in general, the more we can prevent, the more we can advocate for ourselves. Right. And, you know… Having that knowledge yourself is important, but also having a healthcare provider that you can work yeah. with to help you guide, to guide you through uh, some of these uh, avenues that that it's to help you understand what you need to do.
0: I wonder if you have this information, but I'm curious whether the majority of women that are dying are lower income women because they don't have the right access to medical care. And information, really, I think it's, it's a combination of both. When you don't know, you're not getting checked, you're not really addressing some of that, some of that stuff. I, I agree with you. And uh, data has shown that a lot of uh,
1: you know, women and men, lower income, uh, lower socioeconomic status definitely increases your risk for all types of chronic diseases, not just right. heart disease, yeah, that- um, poverty, poverty right is is a major risk factor yeah. and that's that's something that we that we haven't talked about here but yeah. that's going more into
0: you know the socioeconomic right. side of of medicine but yeah. it's it's a crisis it is a crisis because if one and out of three women are dying from this it's a crisis it is a crisis yeah and um it has to be addressed with information and our uh improving our um, healthcare system i agree i agree <laughs> Cecily, thank you so much for joining me today. That was really interesting and informative. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, thanks for listening to the show. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it and leave a review. See you next week on the second half.